Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. Welcome to the latest Highways Voices at this saddest of times here in the UK, as we all mourn the loss of Queen Elizabeth. So, a toned-down podcast this week. I'm Paul Hutton here at the JCT Traffic Signal Symposium in Nottingham. Now, as this podcast is uploaded, the event is actually getting underway. So I'm here to talk about some of the key things that are being discussed, some of the big issues in the traffic management and signals industries, and I'll talk to some of the exhibitors about their new kit. Welcome to today's Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So before we have all our content here in Nottingham, let's catch up with the latest from the Highways News newsroom and my co-owner, Adrian Tatum. News from the highwaysnews.com website and newsletter this week. Councillors in Kent have turned down the chance to continue e-scooter trials following a serious injury. E-scooters are expected to be banned on Kent roads by December the 1st this year. This is after an 80-year-old lady suffered a cracked jaw when she was knocked to the floor by an e-scooter rider. The e-scooter trial, launched in Canterbury in Kent in November 2020 for an initial year, has twice been extended despite public safety fears. Now, this means Kent County Council has rejected an offer for the Department of Transport to continue the trial until May 2024, almost two years longer than its current end date of November 30th this year. Elsewhere, Transport for West Midlands is working with the UK's principal bus operators to launch a major fare capping project. This is to offer passengers best value and greater convenience when using their credit or debit card on public transport. Over the next two years, the system will be developed to allow passengers to use their contactless cars across a range of transport modes and operators, which will mean best value fares are applied automatically. And England would need up to £18 billion to grow cycling evenly between rural and urban areas, according to Chris Boardman, head of Active Travel England. Speaking to the Transport Committee last week, Mr Boardman said with the current budget of around £3.8 billion to meet the target of half of all journeys in towns and cities, should to be made by cycling or walking by 2030, the focus will have to be on high-yield urban routes. He told the Transport Committee that while ATE will deliver some rural routes, he'd love to see a more equitable approach. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. So welcome to Nottingham Trent University for the JCT Traffic Signals Symposium. Now this is an odd old podcast from Highways Voices because actually we're not necessarily looking ahead to the event because uh, this is actually being uploaded just about when the event begins. But I guess what we're here to do today is just talk to some of the experts who are here in the run-up to the start of the event to talk about the sort of key issues that are uh, taking place within the industry. So I'm joined by John Nightingale, who, with his team at JCT, puts together the symposium every year. Uh, John, what are the big issues that are being discussed here in Nottingham this week? Well, we've got an entire um, session which is devoted to environmental impacts. Um, I'm delighted to say it's been uh, chaired by Professor Margaret Bell from Newcastle University. Uh, And we've got some interesting papers in that that session. Um, I'm particularly looking forward to listening to Decarbonising Networks One Step and Pedal at a Time, which is being delivered by Gavin Jackman from City Science. But we've got other things in there as well um, to do with using smart technology to reduce 
reduce uh, emissions. Uh, and Alistair Gollop will be doing a paper called The Carbon Conundrum, How to Improve Environmental Credentials, our credentials of Our Signal Installations. Um, there are other things that are standing out for me as well. I mean, artificial intelligence has always been fe has featured highly um, on the symposium for several years. Um, but what's interesting this year is um, we're actually starting to see case studies of AI being rolled out. Um, indeed, even a, a study where we're looking at potentially, or sorry, the presenter is looking at potentially replacing a mover site with artificial intelligence and doing some, some, some real data grabs to find out whether or not that's, um, that's actually a success. Um, there's always adaptive control. Um, we've got some good offerings, uh, again, from Unix traffic. Um, and also, um, not forgetting that portable traffic signals are actually now becoming semi-permanent. Um, and that will be interesting, looking at the way that that's been integrated with um, adaptive systems. We will talk to Mark Crabtree on Highways Voices in a moment from TRL, who's been coming to the symposium for 21 years. He's actually been in uh, the industry, working for TRL for an astonishing 47 years. And so we'll talk to him in a few minutes about the big changes. Uh, but basically, when you stop and think about traffic management, signals are the number one way you can actually influence how traffic moves around towns and cities. So what's being discussed here in Nottingham is essential for us to make the, the network as efficient as it can be. Yeah, I mean, traffic signals, you know, people often forget, but they are perhaps one of the most powerful tools that we've got. Yes, they can stop traffic, but perhaps more importantly, they can rebalance um, queues. They can actually be used in many cases to, to make the um, vehicle travel more efficient. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, environmental impacts, you know, are featuring very, very highly on, on, on the agenda this year. And JCT isn't an events organiser. JCT is actually a consultancy that provides a load of services and you spend a lot of your time when you're not pulling your hair out about putting together the JCT Traffic Signal Symposium training people. What, have we got a skills gap? Are we actually, as an industry, uh, bringing on the next generation of people and actually going to take the most advantage that we can of the brilliant innovations that we're seeing? Well, I'm quite heartened, actually, Paul, because over the last few years, I mean, a lot of the trainings had to go online. Uh, which means that we are increasing our reach and we're actually training quite a lot of people from overseas as well. Um, but I am quite heartened because a lot of the people who come on the training, although they're relatively new to the industry, um, it seems that um, local government um, and indeed consultancies are prepared to invest in new staff. And we've been delighted to, uh, to reach that audience and we're looking forward to the next generation of signal engineers who are hopefully going to give us another 27 years. I'll look around the room when uh, we all gather on Wednesday morning and we'll see this sort of age range. But yes, it does seem just on the Mover User Group that's going on while we're talking that the age is coming down. There are many people now that are younger than I am and this is getting slightly concerning, John. Thanks very much for your time. Congratulations on another great event Here's to a couple of really good days. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So I alluded to the fact that a guest here is Mark Crabtree from TRL, a veteran of 47 years in the industry and 21 years coming to this event. And I asked him, what has changed since he first came here? Technology is the biggest change, isn't it? Um, 
the introduction of computers. I think 21 years ago, we wouldn't have had all had our own laptops. Um, some people might have had their own computer at their desk, I guess. But uh, um, so that's one big change. Um, technology to do with uh, modelling, for example. Uh, TRL did transit back then. We still do transit, but it's very, very different from uh, compared with what uh, it was like 21 years ago. Um, same with Mover. The developments to that have been quite substantial. Uh, it was very basic. We had the basic Mover algorithm, which hasn't changed much, but the bits and pieces around it have changed quite significantly over those years. So, yeah, really the answer is all down to technology and um, communications and so on. Um, but the underlying principles of traffic still remain the same. There's a lot more of it these days, of course, but the principles about, about the way it works, all done by Webster and Cobb in the mid-60s, it's still the same theory, really. So you talked about the technology that we've gotten, the advances in things like Mover, for example, but are we, as an industry, or are authorities across the country actually embracing the latest technology, or are we still using stuff that was being used 20 years ago? Uh, I think, think there's certainly a lot of uh, equipment that would have been put out 20 years ago and still being used. Um, the prime example of that is signal equipment, signal controllers, the, the, the poles, the signal heads and so on. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly how many sites would be out there, even as a rough guess, but... Uh, there's going to be a lot of sites that are 20 years old and probably well overdue for being re, um, refurbished. But uh, no, um, there are still some old, there's certainly some old kit out there, certainly, yeah. I somehow have fallen into doing the keynote speech at the beginning of the, uh, of the first day of the symposium uh, for reasons I won't go into now. And one of the things I touch upon is the signals funding that the Department for Transport gave, the, the £15 million worth of uh, funding to, to basically, first things first, fix the kit that's out on the road. How much, if, if you lost a, a loop, for example, or the algorithm was, uh, was slightly out of date, how much of an effect can that have on the traffic going through a junction or a series of junctions? Uh, the, that depends on the loop, on what, what the use the loop was being put to. Um, <clears throat> it can be a critical loop, in which case it can have a substantial effect. Uh, I mean... A, to give an example, a very simple um, uh, demand loop at a stop line, if that's in uh, a critical junction and it's on a very lightly loaded approach, if it goes PD, permanent demand, then the signal stage that caters for that approach will come in every cycle, but that will be wasted green and that could have significantly affect the other approaches which might be far more busy. So that's a bad thing. But on um, Scoot and Mover and, I guess, other similar systems, they do account for broken loops by using detector replacement algorithms. 
um, mover, for example, has backup flows. So it knows for that half an hour what the flow is likely to be and it would work out the signal timings needed to satisfy that flow. So there's, you know, that that's part of mover. That's been in mover since um, it was invented in the 80s. Same with scoot. You know, if you've got a broken scoot detector, it will do things that account for that and and absolutely minimise the effects to the point that sometimes it's no different from if you have a loop. Obviously that doesn't sustain over time. You have to replace the loop at some point, but um, it does keep you going for probably weeks or even a few months. So if you had, if you were in a local authority and you had a wump of money that just lands on your desk to spend on signals, are you better off going and buying the latest equipment and then doing whatever is needed to build the correct algorithms or are you best off just trying to fix and first things first make sure that you fix the kit you've already got i guess the answer to that it depends on the exact situation um i think probably fixing the kit you've got is going to be very much a first consideration um, but if you're replacing uh, existing kit like for like that may not be the most efficient use of that that funding um i'm trying to think of an example i can't think of anything specific maybe but um i suppose one example might be you've got an old junction which has um the old-fashioned far-sided pedestrian signals um if that needs fixing one of the things you could do is change that to near side puffin style facilities um, which um, as research in TRL showed over many projects near side signals puffin crossings are a better bet than the old style far side crossings so you mentioned TRL research we're here looking at the cutting edge of uh, signals technology that basically, let's face it, in towns and cities keeps the traffic moving. Where are we going? Where are we going to be in 10 years' time? What are we going to be talking about at the JCT Traffic Signal Symposium 2032? Uh, very interesting question. Um, technology moves on at quite a pace, as we know, but embracing that in the traffic signals industry is relatively slow and I mentioned the fact that 20 years ago there would be they would have been putting sites in that are still there now with the equipment they put out then Um, so that gives you kind of the background which leads to slower change within the traffic industry I would predict that things will change Um, there's a lot of talk about data, the data that's produced by um, various systems. Um, You've got uh, Bluetooth data from phones. Um, You've got uh, all the data from the the detectors that go into the likes of Mover and Scoot. That yields data. Um, Scoot itself uh, has an algorithm that works around a, a model of what's happening. There's a lot of data in there that would become more and more accessible. Um, so that's kind of where we're at at the moment, you know, the production of data. It's, it's a big talking point. 
Uh, and of course, you've got connected and autonomous vehicles. Um, the connected aspect is likely to become more significant, and there'll be pressure from particularly the car manufacturers um, to do something with that, do something that benefits the, the driver of their particular vehicle, of course. But um, I think in 10 years, you'll be surprised how similar it is now uh, to it, what, the way it is now. You're listening to Highways Voices. Now, don't forget, I'm in Los Angeles next week for the ITS World Congress, bringing you daily podcasts thanks to the support of Gevi, Notar AI, Swaco, Navtech Radar and 1.network. Now, the event proper starts on Monday, but... For obvious reasons, I'm not going to be posting a podcast on Monday because we at Highways News will not be publishing as a mark of respect to the Queen on the day of her funeral. So I'll bring you a preview podcast on the Sunday that will be available for download and we'll have our podcast proper from Tuesday at the event. Now, if you're not going to be in LA, do listen anyway because you'll hear some great insight to what's being talked about. You know, there are people I've come across who've managed to pass off that they actually went to Congresses when they didn't, simply by quoting things they heard on my podcast. Now, I'm not here to advocate a blatant fib from you, but what I'm saying is you will benefit from having a listen. Now... The symposium here is rather like the World Congress, but on a smaller scale, with papers sharing knowledge, the networking and the exhibition. So let's hear from some of the exhibitors about what the event means to them. Hi, I'm Peter Eccleston. I'm CEO of Smart Video and Sensing Limited. Really looking forward to this year's JCT Symposium. It's a great opportunity for us to showcase uh, our smart micro radars. And also, um, I should be presenting a paper at the at the symposium with a company called Viaris Midlands, uh, which again will outline and highlight the uses of our radars, particularly in a mover type environment. We'll also be showcasing some new products on our stand or our exhibit, uh, particularly the Ipsum back office that we've developed, and some of our new radars for data applications, data collection applications applications and active travel. Smart micro radar is a very special radar. It's very, it's a smart radar. There's a lot of intelligence gathered by the radar, a lot of data gathered by the radar, as well as obviously offering the opportunity to replace loops in the carriageway up to 32 loops. Um, We also gather speed, gap, headway, classification data, which can be used by uh, local authorities and planners for uh, planning their traffic management operation on uh, on uh, intelligent networks. The symposium is extremely important to us because it's a great opportunity to meet colleagues from right across the industry, clients, colleagues, consultants, etc. And um, it's, it's good for us to see what's happening in the industry and it gives us ideas about our future solutions and also gives us the opportunity to demonstrate our solutions, our current solutions to a very large customer base. Hi, I'm Pete Cattell from Clearview Intelligence, and I'm the head of Urban and Rural. Uh, The JCT Traffic Signals Symposium is really important to us. It's a great opportunity for us, first of all, to to meet all of the people that we've been meeting for so many years in the past, but also for us to be able to show some of the new and innovative solutions that we've been developing and deploying over the past couple of years. 
So those include uh, the, the traditional things that everybody probably knows us about. Uh, so those are the uh, wireless vehicle detection solutions using magnetometers and so on. Uh, but we've also done a lot of work recently around road safety. And there's a big scheme that we've been just uh, deploying in Hull, which is to uh, reduce uh, emissions, to reduce congestion, improve uh, facilities for active travel within Hull. Um, so that's, there's some, some really interesting stuff that uh, we will be really excited to talk to people about. Part of the uh, symposium is obviously all the presentations and, and the scheme that we've developed and deployed in Hall is the key part of the of, the, of our paper and our, our presentation this year. So we'll be talking about what we've done, how we've done it, and be showing some live video from, from that scheme to show people it in action as effectively. I love the JCT symposium generally. Um, I find we have conversations with people there that we just frankly wouldn't have anywhere else. It feels a very uh, safe and, and kind of friendly environment. Um, and I really do. I, I think it's the best event of the year. So I am really honestly looking forward to it. Um, hello, my name's Kat and I work for PTV UK. The JST Traffic Symposium is important to PTV. We enjoy meeting like-minded professionals in the traffic and signals engineering and discussing the most recent developments in our software, um, PTV Vision for microsimulation and PTV Optima for real-time signal optimization. We just enjoy seeing everyone in the industry. On the exhibition stand for PTV this year, we'll be demonstrating the most recent developments in PTV VISM for microsimulation modelling and PTV Optima for real-time traffic management and signals modelling. We can demonstrate what VISM can do for your projects, uh, feasibility and designs, including the assessment of adaptive signals such as SCOOT and Mover. We can show you how Optima can help you improve congestion and reduce emissions in urban areas. We're just looking forward to seeing you there and um, talking with you about how we can help you in your projects. From my time at Transport for London, I learned how traffic modelling software like PTV Vizim and PTV Vizoom can help assess schemes so that impacts can be predicted before making these changes on the network so that schemes can be mitigated and um, we know what outputs to expect. We're really looking forward to meeting um, other professionals in the industry, looking what innovations are happening and what other people are working on and discussing those projects with, with other professionals. Hi, my name is Josh Lyon. I'm the UK Sales Manager at Message Maker Displays. So in terms of what we'll be showcasing at the JCT is our agile, economical and low power solution to improving safety on the highways. So where you'd usually have uh, full LED signs with warning triangles, as you can see behind me, with slow down messages, we have a uh, essentially metal casing with reflective triangle vinyl, which, which would be a warning symbol. And then LED slow down and wigwags. So it has the economical side of using reflective vinyls, but it also catches the eye. It's eye pop, it has the same benefits as an LED sign. And it's fully solar powered. So as soon as you put a solar panel up, it's, it's good to go. We, we are hoping to catch some eyes. I suppose if we had a, an LED sign on our stand and, and didn't catch eyes, then it'd, it'd be back to the drawing board. So, so that's the aim. We're hoping, you know, when people walk past, it's a bit of a bit of a head turn, a bit of an eye catcher. Yeah. I think for us, suppliers is always important because part of our industry uh, is heavily built on collaborative partnerships. So we're finding the more projects we work with, um, the more and more different people, different kit, different innovative ideas, um, we're sort of fixing our equipment too. So supplier management is definitely an important stage to us, as well as on the flip side, 
uh, on the other side of things is local authorities so we can get a gauge for where the demand is, what people want, where the needs are, so we can make sure what we're developing is actually needed. So in terms of what I'm looking forward to for the JCT, um, one of the big things is uh, the networking, the socialising, just because you tend to see that everyone else is human being. There's a, a lot of good connections there, a lot of high value people to know. Um, and of course, ev everyone likes to have fun and everyone, you know, wants to have a good time and, and get the business done and, and still enjoy themselves. So it, it's always a good experience from get there nine in the morning till, till bedtime at night. Hello, I'm Ian McDonald. I'm the business director for SRL Traffic Systems. Uh, at JCT Symposium this year, SRL are really excited about uh, doing a presentation on the um, the benefits of the selection process for um, temporary traffic management solutions uh, during construction. So really looking forward to getting that message out there, meeting with a large number of local authorities, highways authorities, and the various consultants who operate in the sector, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll all be attending and we'll get an opportunity to meet on a face-to-face -face basis and have good uh, conversations with them. On the exhibition stand at JCT, we'll be really focusing around the SRL Urban 64 system, which is, uh, in some people's eyes, a semi-permanent uh, system, which is operates using above-ground cables um, spun across the highway seven metres high, uh, obviously to uh, prevent any, any um, vehicles striking any cables. It runs around the whole site, and basically that system can repli replicate on a temporary basis uh, a per permanent set of traffic signals, including urban traffic management control and mover control. JCT is a great opportunity uh, to spend two days with like-minded uh, people working in the sector um, and exchanging ideas, information, development, uh, how various companies are, are progressing with the development and be able to share uh, what SRL have done uh, working out of our uh, technical innovation centre based here in Nottingham. So those are just five of the exhibitors here in Nottingham this week. Let's now round off this highways voices podcast with a sixth who is agd systems and greg baker is commercial manager for the company and agd always seems to turn up at a symposium with something new on the exhibition stand what are we seeing on the exhibition stand for you this year greg this year we're starting to introduce our next generation platform the first iteration of this is a stop line camera uh, built uh, on the back of AI, which allows us to identify different classes of vehicle at the stop line, uh, produce a very robust performance, but also allows us to um, apply different filters so we can work with active travel schemes. So how important is it when you're here to have the kit on the stand that people can see, touch, feel, understand and, and actually see what it does? Building relationships with customers is always key to um, any, any um, business. However, allowing those customers to get hands-on with the equipment, being able to demonstrate it in real time, um, allowing them to see the features um, and benefits it's able to provide is key to 
adding worth to the product. And you mentioned about building the relationships with the uh, with your customers. That's what this whole event is all about, I guess. is is the sheer amount of networking. It's why there's the Highways News barbecue on the Tuesday night before the whole thing really kicks off. It's why there's a gala dinner. It's why there are very long breaks between the sessions for people to do the networking because everybody that you need to talk to is here. Exactly. And even though you see a lot of familiar faces and conversations um, you had last year, you pick up again this year, you talk about further development. But it's great to see a lot of new um, younger people coming through the industry that are turning up for the first time, probing, you know, different areas that they may not have considered before. And it's great engaging with those guys and showing them new stuff and the new ways of thinking and the technologies to overcome the problems that they're facing now. Yeah, we heard a couple of minutes ago Kat from PTV who came when she worked for uh, TFL as a graduate trainee. She came to the symposium. Now she's back. She's exhibiting uh, here at the event. Uh, Greg, thank you very much as always for your time. That's Greg Baker from AGD. That wraps up this Highways Voices podcast. Uh, so uh, we look out for the videos of all the sessions from this year's JCT Traffic Signals Symposium that are being uh, brought to you thanks to AGD and Clearview Intelligence PTV, Message Maker, SVS, SRL and TRL software. And we'll have those videos online for you with Highways News and JCT in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm off on my travels now. I'm heading slightly further afield than Nottingham, heading to the west coast of America, as I said, to Los Angeles for the ITS World Congress. Join me for daily podcasts podcasts next week from this massive global event all brought to you thanks to the sponsorship of Swarco, Gevi, Notarai, One.network and Navtech Radar. I'll catch you from Los Angeles next week here on Highways Voices.